Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We got a lot to get into. NBA Finals now 2-1 after the Denver Nuggets get a big win on the road versus the Miami Heat. We'll discuss it and we'll talk about it and break it down. Also, the Cowboys have a new name for their reinvented offense coming up this year with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. We'll discuss that. Dalvin Cook also will be available. Will the Cowboys be able to acquire or will they even uh, are they even interested in acquiring uh, the asset? We'll discuss that as well. Also, a Chip Brown report from over at Horns 24-7 um, says that uh, maybe uh, Sark was tipping his plays last season. We'll dive into that, go behind the burnt orange curtain as well. All of that, and before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hardball Hard. What to do, what to do, we're close to the weekend. We're getting as close as you could possibly be without mm-hmm. being on the weekend. <laughs> it's a new theme Thursday, so there's a lot for us to get into. I can't wait to talk about this basketball game last night and of course we got baseball on the brain as well but let me talk about my man that sits across from me he hails from h-town with the get down he's a lifetime longhorn and a proud card carrying member of dbu legendary lifetime and now college football hall of fame longhorn Derek johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate the intro, as always, and let's start wasting any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we're pretty damn sure he's underpaid. He's also the idealionaire. It's my man Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? Oh, man, just enjoying uh, being right. Uh, yes, yelled out uh, about the Nuggets because that was uh, whew, that was a butt-whipping. Old Testament-style butt-whipping yeah, that the was. Nuggets put on the Miami Heat. We'll get into it, and we'll dive into that. Uh, Specs text line, what's popping with you? Thanks for the text already. Uh, saying what's popping, my guys. We we'll appreciate that. The Specs text line is what's popping, 512-337-3776. You can hit us up there as well. You can use the Twitterverse. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Yeah, let's get into it. And uh, next segment, we'll dive into the NFL. NFL News Notes and Nuggets Cowboys reportedly have a new name for their new look offense. And we'll get into a uh, Dalvin Cook news, uh, too, that hopefully is Cowboys related. Uh, but it might be Miami Dolphins related. That's what it's looking mm-hmm. like right now. Uh, but the Nuggets win a big game. Game three on the road. Uh, what was the percentage hard yesterday? You said 81. it was? 81. Team that wins game three has an 81% chance to win the series. They win 109-94 to score or the the end score does not indicate to me uh, really what the Nuggets did and how they were able to dominate the second half. It was a 
close first half. And it was competitive in the first yep, half. Yep. Uh, but Jokic and Murray took over the game. They had arguably, if you just look at the statistical uh, analysis and compare it to other finals performances, it may have been the best uh, performance by duo in finals history. It was. That's as, far <laughs> as, triple do- as far as triple doubles uh, and what we yeah. got a chance to you see. Had two thir- 100%. Two 30-point triple doubles. Uh, that was the first time in NBA history that you that teammates have had 30-point triple doubles mm-hmm. in the same game, regular season or playoffs. Uh, 66 points combined, 31 rebounds, and 20 assists between the two. Uh, that essentially is the storyline, is that Jokic and Murray uh, decided to take over that game. Uh, I'll give Patrick some credit, too. There a lot of what Patrick brought up yesterday as the counter to lead off with Jamal Murray. And to that point, how about this little stat? I don't know Patrick will enjoy this. Denver set... 42 ball screens um, mm-hmm. for Murray. <laughs> yeah. They found a lot of ways they scored to get their first 10 points. Yeah, to score sc- yeah. him the ball. So they were early on, like you said, Patrick, they want to go get, get him in a groove early, get him hot early, close with Jokic. They didn't really have to close with Jokic. They did. But yeah. they, 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 he, <laughs> he was third and fourth quarter, but he was definitely second half more. Yeah, but second yeah, half. But, but the, it was yeah. start with Murray. And I'll throw in another stat for you. They both shot over 50%, shot yep. 50% from three. That's the other part is they put up those numbers and it, neither one of them was bulk shooting doing it. Yeah. That's the, that's what blows my mind because even Jamal Murray early thought he's going to put up points but it may be bulk shooting and him doing it because he was missing some long shots and, and he knew he'd miss a three, they'd get a rebound, and he would go get a layup. Yeah, like he, he yeah. didn't just make the same mistakes, but you went, all right, this may, he may not be shooting as well. He ends up shooting three for six from three, but yeah, I mean, it's what they say on the, on the biggest stages, the brightest shard, shine, uh, stars shine bright. Yep, like a diamond. and Shine bright like a diamond. And we saw the two <laughs> biggest stars in that game turned out to be Jamal Murray and, and Jokic. Well, the other part of it, too, you start looking at how the, how, the, how the game was truly won. You were talking about the three-point percentage. They only shot five of 18 from three-point land. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. other part. They had 60 mm-hmm. points in the paint again. Yeah, they, they were attacking the rim. And mm-hmm. four of those were Murray and Jokic. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how you sit there and you look at it and you go, all right, what, what did they do? They got to the free-throw line because before they weren't attacking the rim near as much. They did. They went 22 of 27, shot 81%. But the other part of it is the rebounding, the differential in the rebounding. They weren't getting second-chance opportunities that they were getting before. We were talking yesterday mm-hmm. before we left, the hustle plays, being able to finish out a game. What was the one thing we said? We all agreed Mike Malone has to do a better job. He did. Yeah. The players that were hot, he kept them in the game. If you weren't playing well, he didn't put you back in the game. <laughs> you look at what Brown was able to do, Christian Brown coming in off the bench and being effective and attacking the rim. He was playing like a guy that is trying to prove that he should be in the starting lineup. Those are the types of guys yeah. that you want to look at and get the most from. I kept saying, play your role and do what you're supposed to do. And if the role players play well for Denver, as opposed to what they do for uh, Miami, if they can outplay each other like that, that is going to be the difference. We all know what Bam Adebayo is going to do. We know what Jimmy Butler is going to do. We know what Jokic is going to do. We know what Jamal Murray is going to do. Mm-hmm. But the biggest question is who is going to supplement both of those guys, both sets on that team, and that's what they got last night. They got it from the Denver bench. Christian Braun, to your point, he uh, had 15 points. Uh, he's probably he's probably going to take a lot of minutes from uh, Michael Porter Jr. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> going forward in his if you series, ain't playing bad good, news. Go sit by me. Yeah, bad news for <laughs> Miami because you were hoping he would play because he's having one of the worst series for a Denver Nugget. But he was the third highest scorer. And how about this? Those 15 points that he had, he hit seven of his eight shots uh, in like the kind of is a 19 minute stretch. Yes. Uh, where he was, he was really kind of. I mean, he was just as hot as Jamal Murray and Jokic. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, how about this? Uh, Basically, is most of it, all of his points were on dunks and layups. Yeah, oh, like the, every last one of them, monstrous dunks. Every last he one was of trying them to dunks get to the rim every <laughs> single time, and that's the thing. He was getting it on the wing. He was pump faking, getting into the lane. Those are the things that a guy that is he he's been okay for them this year. But he hasn't been great because I liked him. I loved him at Kansas. Mm -hmm. I thought he was a dog at Kansas. But he had other players on his team that were doing different things. But the kid knows how to win. He knows when the time. Like you said, when the lights are bright, I've been there. 
Oh, I've no, been a I mean, part of this. He's won, what, three high school championships? Yes. He won a national championship at Kansas last yes. year, and now he's playing in the NBA Finals and he puts knows. up a great game to win. That's crazy. I mean, other than pronouncing his own name, he's the best because <laughs> yeah. it's pronounced Brown now. Yep. It's, oh. it's Brown. With oh. Michael. Even though it's spelled Braun, we all know it's Brown. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird. Yeah, so, but, but no, but I think this is, goes into, you know, when we, we talk so much about heat culture, and you see this is kind of – the Denver culture of let's go get a guy at the 21st pick who may not be ever going to be, we don't think he may ever be a starter for us, but he is a winner. And he's going to get us things at certain points when we need someone to go down and, and dig down deep. We know we have a guy on this team that does not like to lose basketball games. And when we say Michael Porter Jr. and KCP are in their own heads because their threes aren't falling, which makes their defense fall back a little bit because mm-hmm. they're getting some foul calls that they don't want to be getting – all those things, you just put in somebody who has zero to lose because he's like, look, man, I'm getting one shot at this. All I know how to do is win because clearly I've done it at every level I've been at. Right. So I'm going to go out there and do and just be a effort guy. And and Bruce Brown was that guy too. Yes. We saw him. Yes. He was another guy who came in in KCP's place. And, and basically, if you guys aren't going to put up the effort, Michael Mullen says, if you guys aren't going to put up the effort, they're getting your minutes. And, and that's what he means. And, that. And, he means that. And, <laughs> and you know what? Jamal Murray ain't coming out of the game, and Jokic ain't coming out of the game. Because they both played, what, four or five more minutes? I want to say Jokic yeah. played 43 yeah. minutes, yeah. something like that. Like, and, that was, yeah. and that's because there was junk yeah. minutes at the end. Yeah, I want to say it was around 40, Which, a little over 43. I, I know as much as everybody brings up elevation when you're in Denver. If you've ever tried to do anything athletic or even just drink with somebody who lives in Denver or a high-altitude place like that, their wind is pretty crazy when you get back down, too, because they're so used to doing it at a different level mm-hmm. that you got you can take a guy like that, and then when you go to Miami, play him a few more minutes because he's going to have the wind in the legs because he's used to playing at a crazy high elevation. Yeah. No, it definitely looked like it, and that fourth quarter advantage that Miami has had uh, the entire series, uh, it you didn't see it. Um, you didn't really see it. They were able to smother them and close strong, something they hadn't really done so far in the NBA Finals. And uh, Jokic, just more cartoonish, crazy stats from Jokic. First player in Finals history with 30, 20, and 10. First ever. And this is the third <laughs> 20, it's the third, it's the third 30, 20, 10 game of his playoff career, which is one more than every other player in NBA history combined. Because yep. I believe Kareem and Wilt also each had one 30-20-10 game in the playoffs. Um, but Jokic has had three of them Jokers. Yeah. And, of course, Seriously. first one in the finals. Seriously, Jokers. But, I mean, he is <laughs> – at this point, I don't. I don't. It's even, almost cartoonish, just like you said. Is, I mean, it's, it doesn't. It's mind blowing. It definitely a big is. Man, like that, especially because of the way that the game is played nowadays, as well. You know, most of the time you're that big. They want your back to the basket. I mean, obviously that's changed a long time ago. But you look at what he's able to do and the vision that he has in the way he adjusts. I've never seen anybody shot. That is so soft around the rim that every time it looks like it's supposed to bounce off, it goes in. He's got some of the softest yeah. hands for yes. a big man. Ever. I'm like, you it's see that in his passing too. Yes. You see that in his passing and of his touch. His touch is like NFL quarterback yes. touch stuff. Like up there with the league. I'm with you. It's 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 amazing and. It's a, it's the package, right? Yes. It's the package that makes it look so unorthodox and so obtuse that all that skill that is usually skill reserved for you know guards and yeah. a guy with that type of um, kind of rotund, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, kind of figure. Usually those guys aren't that skilled. He is. It's just don't let the you know don't don't, don't let the cover of the book fool you. Right. Don't yeah. drug exactly the book right. by its cover because this dude is probably the most skilled player in the NBA. It's weird to say that, but you got to watch him. Yeah. And yeah. You'll that's believe, the thing. You'll be a you believer. You got to watch him. If you don't watch him, you won't be a believer. If you watch yeah. him, you go, yeah, I believe it. It yeah. was one of those things, like you would always say LeBron. LeBron had the best body control of any player I ever saw. For a guy that size yep. to be able to move around, to not get fouls, to do things just so well with body control. And Jokic, the crazy part was we saw last night, we talked about it before that they were probably going to go try and go more outside in and not try and start and throw it into him in the post because Denver was, or Miami was guarding that really well. Yeah. Well, he would could, could, could take the ball at the three-point line and then drive the ball 
and then take his entire weight going towards the basket, stop, pop, and put up a little layup. It's hard to stop that amount of weight and that size when you're driving on a guy going to the basket and not run through them and not run past the basket and put the ball too hard off the rim or too hard off the backboard. All of that body control and to be able to dribble and have the the handles to be able to go at a guy and to where he's not even able to really go for the steal because you're moving so much. You watch some of those drives on him, and he's turning his back real quick, and then he's back forward, and then he's left, and then he's right. And you see the guy's like, I'm just trying to stay in front of him yeah. so he doesn't just lay the ball up unopposed. But then you can't, you're trying to stay in front of him and stay agile, but he can just go and bully you, if you will, to yes. any time because of his sheer size. He, yes. He's a polar bear out there moving like he's a ballet dancer. We, we like, the, the dance of it. That's the dance Early in the game, Jimmy Butler gets switched over to him, and he's just like, give me the ball. <laughs> right, just backs Jimmy Butler down yeah. and puts the ball in real quick. Like Jimmy's like, "What do you want me to do?" And the crazy <laughs> part about it, I don't think people thought it was a an aesthetically pleasing game at first, just because, like I said, in the package that it's in. But the more people are watching him, they're realizing, like, no, 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 there's some artistry to this. Yeah, it, it's artistic, man. It's it's pretty amazing, and I and it I, has I, put some respect on that man's name when yeah. you watch him play. I hope it doesn't just take you know basketball fans. I hope he can transcend because you know LeBron has fans. Like I always tell my my wife, she's uh, one time she walked in on me. I was listening to some you know some I was listening to a little jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and then she's like, uh, "What are you listening to?" And I was like, "Well, you know." She's like, "Are you listening to jazz?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm listening to." I was like, "Actually, no, I'm listening to Miles Davis." Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a difference. There is a difference. Uh, and I can watch the NBA. I can be watching LeBron, but not watching the NBA. Correct. Right? And you got fans. Like, there are people that yeah. are watching Tom Brady that don't necessarily give a damn about the NFL. Right. And I hope that Jokic can have that kind of appeal because he does have that kind of skill. Well, if he keeps putting up these types of numbers and the words keep going out, we keep talking about him, the mainstream keeps talking about him, and everybody is paying attention to what this guy is doing. If you are a true uh, uh, sports fan, you want to see that. You mm-hmm. Even if you're not a baseball fan – you want to go see some talented guys. Barry Bonds is in town. Well, okay, let's exactly, go check that right? out. Yeah. I'm not here to watch the game. I'm here to watch Barry. I know Messi's in town. Yeah. I don't give a damn about soccer. I'm going to see Messi. I'm going to go see Messi. You know what I'm saying? So you want to see, I want to see what all the fuss is about. Exactly. Well, he is definitely worth the price of admission. He's not going to wow you, but you're going to leave there going, this dude just had the first triple-double. 30-point triple-double. 30-point triple-double in NBA 30 points, 30 rebounds yes. in Tennessee. And think about all the great players that have played this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, you know, for Jamal Murray and them to still be in, a, in at the end to be able to get that last rebound for him to get his triple-double, um, I thought that was eh, a little bit much. Well, that but was, they it, play all the way through because well, you got days Miami off, Miami cut it down to eight, nine. Yeah. Like, Miami cut it to single digits with a minute and a half to go. So they weren't going to get, but you couldn't just be like, well, let's just let's see where this goes. And then it's a four point game. Yeah, I was so laughing. I get why they put him back in because it's like, it, Miami is, and we said before, Miami is the, like a worm that can regenerate. Yeah. You can cut it in half, and then there's just two worms you coming back, back at you. You're like, wait a minute. You're like, I killed that worm a minute ago. And they're like, nah, man, it's two worms now. Yeah. That, that's, uh. that's what happens with Miami. So you, you have to just continue to put it out of its misery. Yeah. Even though you were winning that game. Uh. With a minute and a half, there was, if they call a flagrant foul on Jamal Murray at the end of that game, which was, was a good no call. I thought he was fouled before that. That's I, the I, thing that bothers me. Yeah, no, he was. But they never call that because that's just, and, and believe me, as a basketball player, it is the most infuriating thing. It's like, that dude punched me in the face three times and you were thinking then he was I going looked for up the at ball. you and he knocked the ball out and you're like good steal you're like yeah this was in the first quarter you would have thrown him out of the game <laughs> yeah but, exactly but it, you saw that at the end if they would have called a flagrant on that one it was seven points i think at the time there would have been two shots in the ball like a minute and a half they're right in that game yeah so that's why he's in is because you're like one just gets away from you you throw a ball away and they get a three real quick. It's, you know. When Duncan Robinson hit that three, they got the foul and all that stuff happened. I said, I guarantee you they're going to miss this next shot. Who wants who wants in on this? <laughs> because the momentum was going too much. Yeah. But it was like, y'all aren't winning. So you're going to throw up a shot that you shouldn't take. And sure enough, that's what they did. They ended up fouling him. He went to the free throw line. And that was the ball game. But the one thing that I think – uh, does not need to be overlooked, and it was about the fourth quarter. And obviously, during the timeout, they went to M- Michael Michael Malone in the huddle, <laughs> and he said, they've won the fourth quarter in two of these games. They're not doing it tonight. And then they got lazy a little bit. And my man Jeff Green 
was sitting on the bench and he yeah. was mic'd up and he told him, this is not that time to start playing. This is not the time to start messing around. We need to close this out. And you can see the respect that a lot of these guys have yeah. for Jeff Green and what he brings because Jeff trying to get him another ring too. Yeah. No, I mean, you saw him. They showed him earlier in the game mic'd up talking to Aaron Gordon. Yeah. And being like, look, when he cuts this way, you got to get – and it was just basically being another coach on the floor. He's a Udonis Haslam. Yeah. Which you Udonis. got in in that game. And you saw they told him somebody shot, and he's like, guys, I ain't shot in practice in, in three years. Udonis somebody tweeted out. The game. They, somebody tweeted out. They got him out here like a make-a-wish. They got him going <laughs> out If Udonis is in the game yeah. and in the finals, things have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> but I, I will tell know. you this about Jokic. Uh, when we talk about how well he's playing and how translate, this to me is the you gave the, the MVP to Embiid Jokic performance. Yep. This is playoffs has been – you gave the MVP to him, and as much as they ask him, they, when they ask him at the end of the game, what does it mean to have 30-20-10, the first guy ever to do it in the NBA Finals, he goes, ah, we won the game. Yeah, so she it, said, I knew you were going to say that. It was just a stat. So I yeah. get all that, but yeah. I can tell you, he's, the way he's playing in this, he's not thrilled that he didn't win that MVP. And I think he's more th- unhappy when you look at the ballots and he's like, I got like seven first place votes. Yeah, y'all, well, y'all don't think I'm, y'all think I'm that far behind? No, it just we get bored as a society and a sports fandom it, it with, with even with greatness, we get bored with it if we've seen it already before. But, but I love it because that's when you see the best of a player is when they're like, oh really? Yeah, no, he's right, and, and he's he's cashing those checks well, right now. Yeah, well, yeah, show, yeah. Us, show us something we haven't seen, which yeah. is you win a title. Yeah, we, we, we get bored with it. Sorry. Exactly, we yep. get bored with greatness. We're like, all right, MVP twice, uh, the regular season. Okay, that's cool. All right, yeah, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> Show me something new, and that's exactly what he's doing right now with a 30, 20, and 10 performance in the NBA Finals. He's got three of those, by the way, which is more than everybody else in the history of the NBA combined in the postseason. Unbelievable. Kareem and Wilt each each did it once. Wow. <laughs> Dude, wow. Yeah. I know. That, that, that's he's that. fun to watch, too. He, he's, he, is. he is fun to watch. Like I said, I, I hope it ends up becoming more of a mass appeal where people, you know, they want to watch his must-see television. Yeah. I don't know if he's that right now. I don't know if he is must-see television. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's still got that Tim in his game where it's, like, super fun if you're a basketball fan to yeah. sit and watch. But on the mainstream, you're like, it's another bank shot. Or it's another, And there's, he does a lot of that stuff. So there's that part where it's I get when people just go, Wait, he's already got fifteen. No, he's so it's so he's it's like our my Eric Kennedy take, right? He makes it look so easy yep. that at times, yeah, the non basketball fan, the just the novice spectator, they can become a little bored. Like, okay, so he's dominating, but give me something to wow me. There's yeah. no and John Morant to it. And John Morant, exactly. There's you no watch flair. John Morant yeah. throughout a game, and John Morant will have at least four or five plays where he's trying to jump over another human being. Yeah, <laughs> where at time when you thought he was gonna lay it up, and no, he decided no, I'm gonna dunk it in a dude's face. Yeah, and that. People, people want to see those are wild plays. Those are superhuman plays. His superhuman abilities are a little bit more discreet and subtle, but they are no less effective. No, and <laughs> well, I, actually I think more effective. <laughs> he looks really good on a slow mo because I don't think you take all of what he does in when you're just watching a game. You don't see, oh, he just made eight moves to get to the basket. He did like eight separate basketball moves to get to the basket, and they show the replay, sure. and you see him make a crossover, and then you see him turn and put his shoulder in, mm-hmm. and then you see him back and do. And you're like, I didn't realize he just did eight different, and I, I can see the defender's face, which is just of like, what is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. no, it's you're like the this, only person I have to defend like this. To, this, to, to that point, his sector says, "Yep, even his his misses are sexy." He had a passing game too uh, that he palmed immediately and tossed in in yeah. He said tossed in a, a half second. It was like a tap pass, but it yep. wasn't. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember it was <laughs> this led to a fast break, and it is. Yeah. And if you watch it in real time, it doesn't look the same as when you see it in slow mo and you see every little bit he's doing, and you just go. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. This texture says he's got video game stats for Jokic. They are kind of video game because we just take it for granted that he's basically av- close to averaging a triple-double. You know, basically, he is close to averaging a 30-point triple-double in the finals. Which is <laughs> utter he's averaging ridiculous. 33.14 rebounds and 9.3 assists. It's because he had one bad assist game. Yeah, yeah. And that was yeah, the thing. He, he had assist. four assists in one of those games. <laughs> and and uh, it's still close to touch. And shooting 44% for three-point range. So... Yeah. Almost forty five percent. It is. It's video game numbers, just like the texture said. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it just a great point. The texture brings up. I always um, as an example of that competitive sickness or that you know that chip on your shoulder when Vy didn't win that Heisman. 
I, you, everybody remembers his face. Oh my goodness! And I still say to this day, Longhorn fans, you couldn't have both. If you, if he'd have won that Heisman, I don't think you, I don't think you win a national title. I think, yeah. he, I think you lose just enough of his competitive sickness, uh, just enough of his, you know, that, um, that fortitude, and that will to win. Make the phone call to the team right after. Yeah, and I tell think, him. And I'm not saying that he, yeah. you see, it would have been a great game, but I, hell, USC game could have gone either way. It was like three or four amazing plays mm-hmm. <laughs> on Texas side that swung it for them. Um, and I think you know they could have got it. You didn't get the Heisman, but you got the national title because yeah. BY wanted to show the world y'all got it wrong. Yeah. And I think after the game, I was like, if I was like, yeah, I think we got the Heisman wrong there. But guy probably should have won it. He was amazing. In a face-off, he basically, in head-to-head yep. competition, uh, he showed you who was better. Do we think Jokic should uh, be in a Taco Bell commercial after all this? Because now they keep bringing up that he was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Oh, absolutely. This That'd is the perfect time. I this is that. the time because he was drafted during a bring quesarito commercial. Yeah, that's what I was just about <laughs> to make. They bring that back. It's not a bad That's a great way to start marketing your yeah. best player. Yeah. yeah. It's a great like, way to put him in there. I was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. During it. the World Series, they always get you, if you steal a base, you get a taco <laughs> for lunch. Go ahead and get the Joker going, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no question. All right, we come back. We'll, talk, we'll get into the NFL. NFL News Notes and Nuggets. Cowboys have named their new look offense with Mike come McCarthy on, calling the plays. Oh, I thought Hart would be really excited about this. Apparently, he's not. He's uh, a little suspect on this. Shocker. We'll get into that. Also, Dalvin Cook uh, is going to be available with the Dallas Cowboys have a look at Dalvin Cook. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nun Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out a key Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. Uh, that's when the idealionaire, Patrick Davis, plays uh, some jams, some selections, and based on the songs that are played, Harge and I are supposed to uh, gather clues and hints that lead us to the uh, theme of the day. I like the song. I like the song. I'm not sure what the what clue it's leading, uh, what the clue is, and what I it's leading me no to. no idea. All right. It's just the first one. It's the first clue for a new theme Thursday. Okay. Uh, drug references there. I did get that I mean, that it's one. the Beatles. I'm just saying. So I'm just trying to extract things from the <laughs> lyrics of the song that may lead me to what the theme is. I'm like, could it be a drug theme? Yep. Yeah. Mm, possibly. Just mm. saying. All right. Or it could be Beatles related. Who knows? Okay. All right. So that's first clue of a new theme Thursday. Uh, we'll get to uh, we'll get back to that conversation. We'll also get to the Specs text line as well. 512-337-3776. Um, let's get into the Cowboys here, gentlemen. Harge, I don't know if you heard about this story or not. Have you heard this Some rumors story about uh, Dak Prescott and his excitement uh, for the new-look Cowboys offense? Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he is so excited that he is um, actually, I don't know if he did this or maybe others were involved in this as well, but apparently Dak and some of the other Cowboys have uh, nicknamed the Cowboys' new-look offense. Yeah. Um, Hards, they're calling it the Texas Coast Offense. Texas Coast Offense. Yes, apparently, according to Dak, he says, funny, this is the Texas Coast. We just renamed that, the quarterbacks. Mm. It It's definitely got some West Coast principles, but has a little bit of what we've done in the past and just obviously marrying them together with a lot of detail and maybe in a sense, a system that's not out there. So there you go. 
I'm not really uh, sure what this is. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when HBO Max just turned to Max. Yeah, like and what was like, that about? Well, look, you know what I'm it's saying? the same thing. You just changed the name to Max and then added some crap and then you called it Max. It's, it's, not, the, it's, it's not the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. they, they added they added another service to it. What but it's not a service if you like. They added Discovery Plus to it. They added some, t- some crap. Like I said, they added some crap. <laughs> and then they took away the HBO and said, we're going to call it Max. And trust me, I have it. So I know yeah. it's crap. All right. <laughs> I like so the only good stuff over there is the HBO stuff. I was going to say, they added the, a bunch uh, of crap to it. It's called Max. Too? Is Cinemax yes, on but there? But they just added yeah. terrible stuff that nobody wants oh, to watch. No, I was watching some Otis Redding on there last night. Mm. Oh, okay. what For what program? For what? TC Turner Classic Movies. So they're a part of it? Turner yeah. Classic Movies is part of the Max too, because yeah. I haven't even I haven't even ventured into no, it. No, it's lately. fine. Look, if it's, you like if you like if you like true crime thing, if you like true crime stuff, it's, it's got a, all true crime stuff in there now. It's the same thing. It's got other stuff in there. It's the same thing, and that's why this Cowboys new offense is basically the it's same the thing. It's the same thing. And that's why, that's there why might I say be some different verbiage. Yeah, every you once you're in gonna a while. throw you throw some little crap in there. It's okay, but it's basically HBO Max is the same thing as Max. Like they they added some stuff, and they want you to think it's fine, so they can up the price on you. But trust me, <laughs> from a guy who consumes it, it's the same thing. Um, the Cowboys offense has all, it's been a top five offense on the on the yeah. Yep. Yeah, top five offense. Much as Cowboys fans complain about it's top five offense. Just like, like last year, I think they yeah. were what top four with twenty seven exactly. point one points per game or yeah. something like and that. It kind of goes back to my HBO Max comparison. Like it was, it was fine. It was, a, it was a good app then. Like it was good. It had all, a lot of stuff that you wanted to. There's nothing really wrong with it. They just now want to reinvent it and repackage it because uh, I, basically because Mike McCarthy, in my opinion. Mike McCarthy's job is kind of on the line here. Definitely is. If he doesn't get them past the divisional round? De- definitely is. They should be playing for a <laughs> NFC championship representative. Yes. They should be that. And so for I know people don't, Cowboys fans want to complain about the Cowboys offense, but the truth is the Cowboys offense, and I, I went and looked at the Cowboys offense and took out defense. We look at the offense without de- non-offensive touchdowns. So no, take away the defensive touchdowns, take away the kickoff returns and the punt returns. Cowboys still third. Behind Philadelphia and Kansas City, the two teams that played in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in scoring, take away yep. all non-offensive touchdowns. The offense, it, 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 you know, what I mean, like it was, it was not some trash offense. So that's kind of my point. Like I, I know Mike McCarthy wants to promote it's like, like Greg Davis. his new version of it. Yeah, but it's like, what are you going to do to a, a offense that was already top three in the league? What are you going to do to it? Like, maybe, what are you going to do to it? Maybe he's going to try to. <laughs> I know you want to run more. The, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. He's trying to. I think what he's doing is trying to set people up. We're gonna run. We're gonna give a lot of play action, which is where he's had success, where Dak has had success. But the other part for me is when you you're talking about calling it something else. This is basically the off season, so we're gonna just throw some stuff out there. We're gonna have Dak language. We're gonna have Mike McCarthy's thought process. But at the end of it, it is Bill Walsh's offense. They're gonna do the the. The short drops, get the ball out quick, do those types of things, which is absolutely 100% fine with me. All I care about is can you do it in clutch time at the end of games? You can put up a lot of points. You can Some of them points that they can put up, they put them up early in games a lot of times. So it's like I can go out there and go for 20, but y'all going to talk about I don't score in the fourth quarter. I average 20 points, but I don't score in the fourth quarter. I don't make crucial passes in certain times. So, yeah, we've seen that before because the truth of the matter is when Tony Romo was the quarterback, the offense was good. He just made crucial interceptions late in games. And I liked Tony Romo, just like I like like that. Just don't make the bad throw late in games as we saw against San Francisco. To be fair, Dak doesn't hasn't done that in – Seasons prior to last Agreed. year, one thousand percent career interception rate. Um, it was just it was two. It was it's two percent, yeah. which yeah. is tied for eighth among quarterbacks. Um, and two of those guys are only four time starters. And prior to last season, coming into last season, I think it was like one point seven percent. Yeah, I think I sent you um, sent you guys that. Picture so of what he was compared to some of the other quarterbacks. Last year was out of character. Tw- yeah, since twenty twenty one. The most interceptions thrown. Josh Allen has 29. Derek Carr has 28. Joe Burrow has 26. Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, uh, Davis Mills, and Trevor Lawrence all have 25 interceptions. So, yeah, and last year, what, was 18 
or 15, 17 for Dak. Yeah. Something that, to your point, very out of character. And this is since 2021. So as we look into this season and you, you, you're you hoping that he's doing a better job, and we have some sound from what my man Brandon Cooks, the new guy who's supposed to help this team, <laughs> This is what he had to say about what he's seen and learned from Dak because a lot of people always want to put it on the stats, but there's other things that are involved to making a good team go. What has stood out to you so stood out far about Dak Prescott, the way he throws the ball, his work ethic? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a special thrower, but one of the things that stood out right away is leadership. You know, like I said, I, I'll follow that guy into the line of fire just because the way that he works, he don't just talk about it, but he, he, he beats about it as well. Um, and I got a lot of respect for him from that aspect. And that's our girl Jane Slater reporting mm-hmm. that. So for what Dak brings and where people always want to be critical of him, um, you want to have a good leader on your squad and somebody that everybody wants to fight for, not with. You want to have that guy there. So I'm hoping that this new offense, the Texas, what, Texas Coast? Texas Coast offense. Texas Coast offense yeah. flourishes. But we all going to look at it and say, that's the West Coast offense. He said we got West Coast principles. Uh, <laughs> well, even Dak said earlier, they're, not, they're only changing like 30% of the offense. Yeah. Yeah. They're not changing much of the offense at all. It ain't broken. So, to your point about the stats, yeah, it's, it's not like, broken. Um, they want to run the ball more. I get that. It would help. And we'll get into this next discussion if they could get a bell call running back, and maybe that's what they could pursue in Dalvin Cook, who is uh, going to be available uh, here coming up uh, in the next couple of days or the next few hours even, uh, whenever it's finalized. But it is expected that he's going to be on the market. But getting back to the Cowboys – for Dak, really, it it's really a simple, in my opinion, kind of a simple tweaks to the offense. Yeah, he's a run more play action pass because he's great at play action pass. Um, not so great, yep. or at least he's just average at your um, kind of straight drop back passes. Last season, you go look at his, his interceptions. Uh, Fourteen of his fifteen regular season interceptions. And actually, to take the playoff interceptions, so I think he threw two in the playoffs. So 16 of his 17 interceptions came on straight drop back. Yeah. He threw one interception when throwing play-action pass last season. I've been saying it from the very beginning. I'm like, these dudes are missing the message. <laughs> 102 passer rating uh, with play-action pass. Uh, without it, it, pass rating drops to 87. And he's been top five. How about this? I went back and looked at it. Dak has been top five in passer rating for quarterbacks when you when when using play action pass for all but one of his years in the NFL. Mm. And the Cowboys were ninth in play action pass last year. They should be top three. Yeah, <laughs> they really should. They should be. They should be really out there. And maybe they will be. They actually hired a new analytics guy too. Um, analytics expert to be their uh, head of strategic football ops, I think director of strategic football yeah. ops, John Park is his name. He was with the Colts forever yep. since like uh, 2016, I believe. He's with the Colts, and now he's with the Cowboys. Their recent head of analytics left. So he'll, he's actually a rising star in the NFL. You don't want to hear about analytics. It's kind of nerdy. But uh, he will help the Cowboys be able to maximize uh, a lot of their – numbers and assets. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job with that. Um, so he did a good job with the Colts. I think he'll do a good job with the Cowboys. So maybe the, he'll point to that, hey, man, we just got you got to start doing more play-action pass. And maybe yep. that's why they want to run more. But you can play-action pass without having to run a ton. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that's one of the things, too, Miami that we were talking Yeah, I was fixing to say. It's all about how you get to that point. Is it the motion? Is it the misdirection? It, no matter how you do it, if the numbers tell you, that you're good with the play action, let's run some doggone play action. Run more of it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Cowboys were at 26% last year, 26.5% last year. They probably should be closer to 30% mm-hmm. on that number. Uh, all right, let's get to this Dalvin Cook news because it's also big news. Dalvin Cook is expected to be released by Miami, uh, or it'll be finalized, I should say, uh, pretty by soon. By Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota sorry. Yep, yep. Minnesota. I don't know why I said Miami. I'm thinking oh, about I know, why, I know why you're sorry, thinking about, about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, uh, yeah, one of his favorite <laughs> spots, I should say, uh, it may be Miami because that is, uh, his home is from, in Florida. But either way, um, right now, Dalvin Cook is a free agent. 
I have told you guys the Cowboys don't like pursuing free agents. Uh, Stephen Stephen Jones is on the record for saying that he believes you overpay in free agency. Mm-hmm. The Stephen Stephen Gilmore that was a trade. Brandon Cooks that was a trade. They're fine with trades because they can get they believe they can get better value on the trade market than on the open market in free agency. So I don't have a lot of confidence that the Cowboys are going to make a move here. They should. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Yep. They should make a move, but the Cowboys don't like to overpay and. You know, they're already getting a lot of criticism for overpaying for running backs the last two, three years. Um, and you're going to overpay for another one? You, you probably should if you want to go all in and win the Super Bowl. Uh, but I don't, I, don't th- I don't think that's the way they're going to go. So here's, here's my problem, and this is something that you and I and Patrick have even talked about. The running back position getting messed over, you know, because of the way that they're being used nowadays. But Dalvin Cook is somebody that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's had 1,000 yards consecutive, four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Even when he's been dinged up, he still ends up getting 1,000 yards uh, and 43 rushing touchdowns. He's only 27 years old. And you look at a guy like Derrick Henry. We saw what he's capable of doing. Christian McCaffrey, when he broke the bank, supposedly now that he was probably I think the last of the Mohicans to be able to get that kind of money right there if you really think about it and now you look at a Jonathan Taylor you look at what Saquon Barkley is going through Aaron Jones Josh Jacobs these are some very very talented running backs that are now not even being looked at as quality for your squad which is utterly ridiculous because you you do have a platoon type of backfield, and I know everybody was talking about the last Super Bowl winners. You know, the base salaries would probably be $1 million for the running backs, most of them. But that's still not the point. The point is the dude is talented and he's busted his tail for the league, and now y'all just, eh, let's get on out of there. Let's get on out of there. What is Nick Chubb going to get? Nothing. No, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you can negotiate, and it's tough for for running backs to negotiate. Mark Ingram said they need to start a union. So did Austin Eckler, but Mark Ingram was talking about it today, about how it's just getting to that point. And he's not even thinking about himself anymore. He's thinking about these young running backs that are super super talented. B. John Robinson, going to use them up. They are. And then they're going to be like, peace out. (laughs) Which is why a lot of these guys, they want to be used more in the passing game. Yeah. Um, because at least it will extend. It may not uh, increase their value, but at least it will extend their careers. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, I mean, and when used in the passing game, they want to be used as receivers in the passing game because this is a thing where Dalvin Cook to the Cowboys may not be as great. Is that with age, his pass blocking skills have gone down a little bit. That's one of the reasons the Vikings wanted to move over to Madison because he is a much better pass blocker. Mm. He's a really good pass blocker, and they want to throw the ball more because so everybody wants to throw the ball more. <laughs> and I know the, the Cowboys more. said they don't. Cowboys right. said they want to go the opposite way. But Dalvin Cook is another guy who, as you age and as your knees hurt more, you really don't want it to be an offensive lineman as much as you have to be and be a tight end and be a blocker. So, so th- that's another part where guys are like, man, you're making me – you want me to sit back here and play O-line for you for half a game <laughs> and then run the ball. And then if I get four yards, you're going to be like, not good enough. I need six. <laughs> I was- and then you're going to cut me for someone younger because they're just their knees aren't as bad. I get where it sucks. I think for Dalvin Cook, though, with the Cowboys, it may not, depending on, like, if the price is right. Yeah, because he's going to want his money because he's a running back. He's like, I got to get paid now, dog, because nobody wants to pay running back. And so (laughs) if if you say, if he comes in and goes, oh, no, you guys really have this hole, and I think I can fill it and I can make it, then great. But I I don't think that's the case. I think he's. He wants money. He he wants the money. And, And if he doesn't want the money, he wants to go play in Miami and play in a, you know, a town that he probably wants to be in more than Dallas, and with a coach he probably wants to play for more than Mike McCarthy, and with other players. That, you know, like It just makes sense that that's where he wants to go. Yeah, that's I'm scary. I'm looking at Miami, at Miami right Miami, now. That's look, scary, man. They got Mostert. Ra- yeah, they got Ooh. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson. A-Chain. Uh, yeah, they just got A-Chain. Man. They got Miles Gaskin. That's scary. I mean, they have a lot of speed putting them with Waddle and, and Tariq Hill, Cedric Wilson that might, still honestly, out there. If he goes to Miami, I might be – Picking them to win that division if he goes to my because with that Vic Fangio there now, yeah, and then adding Jalen Ramsey but there you now. Remember the Jets are there now with Aaron Rodgers. I know, and that, that defense is going to be nasty too. Yeah. If that, they can if, get Quentin Williams to sign, if by they the need way, him. that's all contingent on Tua staying healthy. By the way, right, exactly. If Tua staying I, healthy, but I, I, we don't. They know got if, Mike White now. 
Actually, that's a good point, yeah, too. Yeah, they got Mike and White, White now. Mike White a little bit. Four, yeah. Drafted by the Cowboys. Of course. Used to be a Jackie. <laughs> did you see that Mike McCarthy quote when they were trying to get him to say something before he was officially released? Oh, and he could, yeah. Okay. And he knows that'd be tampered. He goes, March 3rd, 1983, the day I was born, right? Now we take a closer look at that date. And that, in fact, was not yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love me some yeah. that. That dude's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I hate to say it. I don't think he's going to be a cowboy. It I don't should think happen, so either. But he, the Cowboys don't want to overpay for anybody on the free agent market. And as Patrick just kind of broke down, he's going to want max value, and he should. You talked yeah. about it hard. The running back's being devalued. It might be his last chance to get, get, your get, money, get a bag man. before yeah. he has to – Hit the kind of the geriatric running back market where it's like it's cold blooded. It is, but that's where it I is. My man is twenty seven years old and they already writing him off. Man, we, I believe if you are a thir- if you're a thirty five year old woman trying to be pregnant, they call it a geriatric pregnancy. They're like, it's like I'm thirty five. I'm thirty five. What are hey, we doing? Not, not for women trying to be pregnant. You geriatric. Yeah, uh, and that's basically what running backs are. You're on that kind of timetable. Yeah, <laughs> that's yep. basically what you're. Unfortunately, um, so for Dalvin Cook, 27 years old, I agree with you. I think he's got still got two At least, good years in him. Two yes. good years used correctly, and that's the deal. Used is correctly. but this is where if you're signing him now, I think you're signing him knowing what you're going to do with him and go. Yeah, we don't want to make you the bell cut back now. He could get into that place where you sign him in that, and then you get injuries at the running back position, and guess what? You got to do thirty-five carries a game, right. like that. That happens, mm. yeah. But I think you're signing him, especially if he goes to like a Miami, and it's like, look, you're fifteen carries a game, man. Yeah, yeah. If in Miami would be a, a great spot, of course, because they run a lot of zone blocking. By the way, from the Vikings, they had the second highest rushing percentage behind zone blocking, so he's a zone kind of a zone blocking running back. Um, the Chargers. With Kellen Moore, because somebody threw that out there as a good place because they want to get rid of Austin Eckler. I wonder if they want something patchwork between that Austin Eckler move. I know they just signed him to like a uh, incentivized deal, but he wants to get paid. Yeah. And they've already said they're not going to pay him what he wants to be paid. Uh, so may, they might look for a stopgap. Uh, also, keep in mind Denver. Keep Denver in mind. No. Um, yeah. with, with Sean Payton. They might be trying to make a move. They're and, making moves. They got you, Frank Clark today. Yeah. Oh, that's a move. Yeah, they make Ooh, they're making moves. That's a move right there. Yeah. I hadn't heard about that one. Yeah. Uh and yeah, Kansas City could happen, but I just don't see them overpaying for a running back. No, and they got Pacheco too. This doesn't make any sense. Like for they, they got luck. They More got about big, not paying. They, they yeah. drafted well on Pacheco, so why would you spend money when you've already got a guy that you're paying almost nothing? Yeah. yeah. I just don't, they don't it's not like you, they need a running back to push him over the top. Well it goes back to what need, I like you know, I mean, what are you gonna get what, what is he gonna do for you? Well, it goes back to what we were talking about. If the salary I mean, uh, Super Bowl winners and their leading rushers in salary. The leading rusher for when the Chiefs won it in twenty twenty, Damian Williams. He was making a million dollars. you look at the money we talked last year about the Philadelphia Eagles getting to the Super Bowl. Their running back room was nope. not worth a lot of money. I know. So you Who's the there, last big money running back like to to win a Super Bowl? Like Ray Rice. He was making two million dollars. Damn. When he was with the Ravens, that does say a lot because it says a lot about organizational habits and practices. Yeah, that those teams that end up winning a Super Bowl, none of them have been overpaying for a running back. Yeah, so look at 20, 2020. <laughs> the yeah, Chiefs like, when they won in twenty twenty million dollars, Damian Williams. Yeah, when the Patriots won in twenty nineteen, Sonny Michelle was the running back. He was making four eighty. Yeah, because they had him on a rookie deal, I believe, yes. still right. Yeah, Legarrette Blunt with the Eagles in twenty eighteen nine hundred thousand. And don't forget, the reason why LeGarrette Blunt was with the Eagles is because the year before he was with the Patriots, they won the Super Bowl, he got he was making 760 Man. at that point. And so think about the Cowboys. Who's their highest paid running back? Tony Pollard? Uh, Tony Pollard. Making, what, 10 mil? And that's just because of inflation. <laughs> I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about organizational habits and practices, and that don't sound good. They, they, they believe me. They you, know the Eagles, you know what the Eagles are paying right now for their entire running back room? Like four mil. I know. <laughs> the they need to make a move, Rod. Oh, <laughs> uh, Texas says Dalvin cooked with the with Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Ooh, but they like they got Brees Hall over there. They, they do have Brees, but still, you don't yeah. want, you don't know one run one running. He, he yeah. got injury history anyway. One running back can't be a bell cow anymore, and they're all in. So I'm they just would, trying they not would, to agree. They would spend stupidly. <laughs> they would spend stupidly. That's a good one, Texas. I like that. Yeah, that's not bad. I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. That ooh man, it's the arms race in that AFC East. Yeah. 
Patriots are going to yeah, finish last. Yeah, and especially because you you gotta you gotta keep them away from the the Dolphins too. Yeah, yep. I'm saying because that's a double. So if you sign him, you get him, and they don't get him. They got Brees Hall and they got Michael Carter. Now I take that, you put Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall in that backfield. That's scary. Yeah. All right, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side right here on Baltimore Line One Four Nine. Welcome back to uh, Ball Don't Lie right here on a new theme Thursday. New theme Thursday is my man Patrick the Idillionaire takes jams, certain songs uh, that are supposed to provide hard and I clues and hints that lead us to the new theme of new theme Thursday. This is the theme song from Friends. I know that. It is called, yes. Called but I obviously know that's something else. But yeah. I, wow, man, I definitely have no idea what the new the theme is. Harge, you're better at this than I am. Failure today. Failure. Yeah. First song was the the Beatles, and it was talking about like drugs, yeah. drug references, and now you get, we, you get one more. By the third, we'll get it. We'll get you. I'll give you the song titles on the third one. Okay, I know the song actually too. Unfortunately, I watched I mean, way too I was much like, Friends. I was going to say you are definitely. Hey, a I'll tell you person. what you don't know because I was listening to this when I was putting together a list. Yeah, there's a second verse. Oh, yeah, because it's a real song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a second verse. And when it comes on, it's jarring. Verse. Yeah, because, because you never heard it. Yeah, because most people thought, yeah, because most people was like, oh, it was made for friends. Like, no, it was a real song. Yeah, it was a real they, song. They, they took friends. There's, a, more, there's a second verse, and you're like, wait, what? What is this? I don't like this. <laughs> I got to tell you, so, yeah, I have never heard the second verse. Yeah, I've never I know. heard the real song. I've never heard until today. <laughs> so I was like, all right, is this playlist? We're getting is there. is this like, band oh. famous for anything other than this song? I don't think so. And then, I mean, man, they are lucky that Friends picked it as the theme oh, song then. Yeah. Otherwise, their one-hit wonder wouldn't have been a hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the song was <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, maybe it was but, a hit. I don't know. But yeah, like, but not at the level it It would have been less fam- Yeah. It wouldn't have been as infamous, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go get, get to the flex. FLXATX.com. FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Yesterday, you had your Wednesday night flex, and it was a great show. Uh, they had Heath McCreon, the wide receiver from Westlake. Uh, and he is, man, he's fast. He can run, run. Yeah, he can uh, run, run. Low 10. I mean, it runs on their 4x1 team. Uh, their 4x100 team runs the 100 meters. Uh, low, uh, like a, I can think a ten four. I might have jipped him ten. He, he's in there, like uh, yeah. He gets, he gets, he, it, he picks it up in that. Yeah, <laughs> low yeah. tens, I should say, in the hundred yeah. meters. Uh, really talented uh, prospect, and I think he also told me he got an offer from San Diego State yesterday mm-hmm. when I met the young man. You um, did mention great that. young man too. Yeah. Uh, his brother is a tight end at USC, correct? Uh, who played at Lake Travis. Lake? Yeah, yeah, so uh, and there you go. So uh, go check out that uh, replay of the flex. Also, Corey Moles was on. Man, Corey Moles See hanging Moles. out. The best dressed man uh, in Austin media, period. I he mean, every clean. time I see him, he is well-dressed. And I can't clean. say overdressed. Too. He is well-dressed. Remember, nobody's overdressed, nobody's overeducated, and nobody's overqualified. Don't it's hurt him. BS. Don't right? hurt him, Hammer. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> uh, also, so uh, go check out FLXATX.com. You can go check out the replays of those shows. Uh, go to FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. And since we're going to stay in the flex area, we still have baseball going on. There's a lot of games going on at the Dell Diamond, a lot of games going on at uh, Dish Falk. We will have head coach. In the Hard Knocks Life, head coach JT Blair hey. of the Westlake Chaparrales. Rod, you were talking about superstitions, right? <laughs> We've had him on three weeks in a row. He was ready try, too. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, man, when you're ready to go, let's get ready to go." <laughs> so he's ready. He's going to be on today at four thirty in the Hard Knocks Life. I can't wait. I uh, can't wait to congratulate Coach and no uh, uh, get some get rub off. Hoping some of that mojo rub off on me, man. Because uh, yeah, it's gonna happen. They've been uh, they've been hot, man. The Westlake Chaps have been hot. I feel like we say that a lot. Yeah, uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into to a report uh, from Horns 24-7 that Steve Sarkeesian might have been tipping his plays. Yes. You know what? I take that back. Not Steve Sarkeesian. Coach Steven. This was Coach Steven tipping the plays. Sark. Mistake. God bless that man. Coach Steven (laughs) once again rears his ugly head. We'll come back and discuss it right here at Baldo Lyle. What if we're not in the horn?